Good. Good morning. I was waiting for sound, <laughs> just in case you couldn't hear me. Uh, remember uh, to um, um, do your prayer cards during this time. Let's um, have some announcements. The rose on the altar is for the new daughter of Todd and Stephanie Horn, uh, Harper, Leanne. Did I say that right? December the 7th. Okay. Remember that Sunday night programs are, are for the children are now uh, um, on, ho- on holiday. For, enjoy your time with your, Christmas, with your families. Monday, January the 6th is when they will resume. Also a reminder, monthly Wednesday supper on Sunday will, uh, on Wednesday, excuse me, the, the, my mic's kind of going in and out. It's messing me up. We will have our monthly Wednesday supper on Wednesday, January the 2nd. Uh, and we want hope that you'll be able to come and, and be part of that. Those are the monthly Wednesday suppers we have every uh, month. And pro- the food's provided by, one of, uh, by our own members. Uh, they cater it for us. So just a reminder. Okay. It's two rows. When you're take, putting things up, make sure you leave two rows for Sunday school class that's being held. Don't take those chairs. A reminder about Christmas concert is this coming Saturday night. That's the, what day is that? Is that the 22nd? 22nd. What time is it? 7 o'clock. Okay, that's the Christmas concert by our praise band. And you need to help pass the word because most of our people have waited to go to 11 o'clock for the festival lessons and carols. We help spread the word on that. There was a little mix-up on the mailing that went out. I think, did some of you get, in, did you get like covers but no information? Did anybody get that? Okay, well, that's a little mess up. <laughs> it was really so that you would go and call the office and find out. No, just kidding. Um, then the next Sunday morning here at 9 o'clock, we'll, we'll have our Christmas program here at the, in this service, a reminder of that. And then I also want you to know that on Christmas Eve, you have two opportunities to worship. We added one for, we hope that it would be more conducive for families. There's one at 5 o'clock and, one at se- and the usual one at 7 o'clock. So there's one at 5 and one at 7. They are identical candlelight services just like you're used to at seven, you have two opportunities. So that means you should be able to lasso as many of your family members as you can and get them to one of those services on Christmas Eve. That's Christmas Eve, five and seven o'clock. All right, all right, before we worship together, I just want us to take a moment and understanding that some of you have decided, and I've heard you would not necessarily want this discussed, but you all know why we're going to take a moment of silence, and those of you who are adults, and for uh, just to remember in prayer the families this morning of Newton, uh, Newtown, excuse me, Connecticut. So let's pause in silence.
Oh, Lord, may your presence be felt in a mighty way this day amongst all who are thinking about the folks, the families in Newtown, Connecticut. We pray in your name. Amen. All right. Let's stand and sing. child is this who lay to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping whom angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch our keeping this, this is Christ the King who Come peasant king 
Lord of the universe has come here to save us a precious offering. All the heavens above and the earth below are filled with the light of your darkness bright as the day jesus light of the world shine in our hearts show us the way tonight jesus light of the world shine through the darkness bright as the day someone tell them you love them and good morning and children if you'll come to the carpet everybody does everybody have a Christmas tree at your house now everybody is there anything under your Christmas trees what's under your Christmas trees dolls that's cool what about yeah lots of people said presents have you is there anything on those presents like a little tag what does the tag say have you looked to somebody and from somebody. Have you looked to see if there's any that have your name on it under the tree? You've looked and you've counted. Okay, well, I heard a story about a little boy who did that exact same thing. Um, the little boy would check under the tree every morning and maybe at night too and keep track of how many presents had his name under it. And he would also look and see how many had his sister's name under it. And he got really, really upset the night that he found more presents under the tree for his sister than for him. And it says that he ran into the kitchen and told his mom, there's more presents under the tree for my sister. And he was really upset about it. But what he did not understand is that the real joy of Christmas is not in those presents under the tree, is it? What is the real joy of Christmas? Exactly. We all know that. The Bible says that John the Baptist was sent to prepare people for the coming of Jesus. 
And he told them to repent of their sins and prepare their hearts for the coming of the promised Messiah. And they asked him, what should we do to do that? And John answered them, if you have two coats, give one of them to somebody who has none. If you have food, share it with somebody who has none. And this is the same message that we need today as we look forward to Christmas. If we want that real joy of Christmas, what do we do with everything that we have been blessed with? We give some of it away, right? And I saw a lot of you do that last Sunday night. What did we do last Sunday night? What did my mission kids do? We did. We went and took gifts and cards that you made, and we sang Christmas carols at the cottages for people who really needed some joy at Christmas, right? And so that's where I got a lot of my Christmas joy was last Sunday night watching y'all give Christmas joy to others. So I think that's something that we can enjoy during this season, and always we always need to remember that and try to give some of what we have to other people who need it. I have um, a candle for you, like I've been giving you every week, and today we're going to light the candle of joy. Yeah, you can color them. You think? We're going to light it in just a few minutes um, to remember the the joy that we have in this season and that we can share that joy with others. Will you bow your heads and pray with me and then you can take your candle of joy. Dear Father, help us learn that it is in giving that we receive the greatest gift, the gift of joy. In Jesus' name, amen. The angel said to the shepherds, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Uh, as the children's sermon reminded me, of when our children were growing up, they would uh, always uh, look under the tree, just like these children described. But our children were mischievous beyond most children. And they not only would look, but they would often unwrap the presents and rewrap the presents, thinking we wouldn't notice, you know, how they'd been rewrapped, to figure out what they got. 
So what we did, and I'll just give this to you, suggestion to your parents, is that we decided to put numbers instead of names on the presents. And we didn't just put like, you know, ones and twos and threes, but we had all kind of numbers. And we, were the, we held the code of the numbers, who, which belonged to who. And let me tell you, that stopped them opening those presents up and messing under the tree because the numbers instead of names. So you may want to try that if you have that issue. Uh, Mar, our, our hearts are heavy this morning with many prayer requests, but another one that I want you to um, be aware of is Martin Wallace, who often sit right back there beside the uh, soundboard on Sunday mornings, uh, passed away, the, uh, and his funeral is Monday, tomorrow morning here at our church. Martin Wallace was one of the oldest, if not the oldest, members in our congregation. And if you haven't had it, if you haven't or not, are not sure who that is, and maybe go look up his name and read his obituary. The man was very much accomplished uh, human being uh, amongst, amongst us. Let us pray. Let us bow our heads. Oh God, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Oh God, this time of festivities, we come before you and we know that you are the one that we should trust and the one that brings us salvation. We know that we can come before you humbly requesting our petitions and offering our prayers and our thanksgiving. But we must confess, oh God, this day that our world deserves judgment. Uh, proclaimed by your prophets. You have blessed us with so many good things. You have blessed us with the understanding of how we are to love one another. And yet, uh, evil persists. You've given us abundant food, and yet hunger exists. Uh, you have given us the earth, and we lay waste to it and spoil your creation. You have promised us, O oh God, that you would deliver us. And we pray this day, O oh God, that you would deliver us. That you deliver us from the hate and sin and the evil that is in the world today. And we pray, O oh God, that, that it's part of our own responsibility for sinning. That you would forgive that sin. That you would turn the shame of our sin into a praise for you, O oh God. Because you have promised to us the Holy Spirit. And you promised that that Holy Spirit would be with us until you came and returned to us. And we want that Holy Spirit, O oh Lord, to infect us greatly this day. We want, us, we want, O oh Lord, for us to become lights. We need to fill the darkness with our light. And we need to fill the world with your presence. We pray, O oh Lord, that you would help us. That you would give us that spirit. That would kindle the zeal that we need to make real change, O oh God, in, pe in people's hearts. We pray, O oh Lord, for all those this day who mourn. We pray, O oh God, for all those who suffer. We pray, O oh God, that in your compassion that you would look with mercy on all who suffer this day, whether it be their health, their health or their relationships 
We pray, O oh God, for those who are without work, who are facing the loss of jobs also this season, O oh God, uh, knowing that when it ends, their job ends. We pray, O oh God, that each one that we pray for, including these that we have name, named in our prayer list, and we want to include, O oh God, those that we name in our hearts now. We pray for specifically, O oh God, for this congregation and for a father in a nursing home, a sister and a brother-in-law who have health problems. We pray for these and for many. We pray, O oh God, that you would grant your peace, that peace that you promise us so that it would help us to understand. We trust you, O oh God. Hear us. Hear us, O oh God. We pray in your name. And we pray as you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Today's scripture lesson uh, might seem a strange one for Advent, but I believe you will understand as I read it and as we discuss it that it, at the heart of this scripture is a question, a question about the identity of Jesus Christ that really we must all answer, each one of us, every Christmas. Give attention now to the reading of God's Word, Matthew 11, beginning at verse 2. When John, this is John the baptizer, heard in prison what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who was to come, or should we expect someone else? And Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for your words. Uh, thank you for your presence. Uh, thank you for coming into our world. May you never forget us. Amen. As I said, this, this scripture lesson, at the heart of it is a question. You have to think about this now just for a moment. Uh, John... Uh, who had baptized Jesus, who had proclaimed Jesus coming into the world, and Jesus had come and he had baptized him. Now, John finds himself in prison. John's life is worse than it was before Jesus came. And that's important, I think, for us to hear. 
Because the question in our time is what do we do with the losses that are part of everyday life even though Christ is with us? Could this little infant born in a stable around farm animals and shepherds in an unfamiliar far corner of the world, could this really be the one who can save us? Indeed, one might would argue that the gospel confronts us with a persistent voice that invites us to move away from where it's comfortable. We're moved first into a stable manger, which is a feeding trough. Then to the temptations in the wilderness. Then to the cross. And finally to the tomb. We are constantly challenged as Christians to find the joy amongst the suffering. To find the joy amongst the suffering. But I contend that that is what is deep within each one of our hearts is this desire for joy. It is more important to us than to be appreciated for what we do, to be rewarded in any way, or even to be acknowledged, is this simple and pure desire to experience and feel joy in our heart. And so what we have is this question. And so what Jesus is telling John is even though your suffering is real, it is not the last word. And my friends, I want to tell you today that the grinch of evil will not take away the joy of Christ Jesus in our lives. The stories of suffering, to be honest, must end with two truths. Either the presence of God or a void where God should be. Because Jesus said, I come into the world to transform the world by the filling of the world with my presence. And to be sure, we suffer with Christ the consequences of a world not yet filled with his presence. It's important for us to understand that Jesus did not condemn John the Baptist for asking the questions. He doesn't condemn us for asking the questions. It is only in the questioning of God that we grow in our understanding of God and our understanding of faith and our understanding of trust. It is the issue really that we face in every age. It's the issue that the church and the people of God face constantly is will the world, will we ourselves accept a Messiah born of a woman to live a life of suffering and death? And that is the very mystery of Advent, the very mystery of the Incarnation and Christmas, is that Jesus assumed the condition of a suffering human being. That through God's compassion for His creation, He came and became a part of the created order. He came to show us that this is not our home. He came and became a dependent human being. He became a child. And I think I could not worship a God who had never become a child. I can only worship a God who became a child in our midst, who was dependent on the loving care of parents. And this Jesus then became a waiting God one who waits, who waits to see what Mary and Joseph would do with him, who waits and sees 
what the world would do with him. And the question then has to be, will we help fill the void? Will we help fill the void with Jesus' presence? Or, we, or will we allow evil to continue to take up residence in human hearts? Jesus said, Blessed are those who do not fall away because of me. Blessed are those who understand that the Messiah is before us. Blessed are those who understand that what God is doing, not just what God isn't doing. Blessed are those who are not afraid to revive the hope that is within them, to push the fear out of this place of joy. Is Jesus the one? God compels us to decision. I don't think anyone can look at the, at the scene of Jesus and His birth and be indifferent. I don't think anyone can look at a nativity scene and take the time to gaze at it and to think about a perplexed Joseph he would have to be, an exhausted Mary, a strange group of witnesses from near and far, and then a gentle, vulnerable infant. No one can look upon this scene and be indifferent. There is either the joy of the presence of God in their heart, or there is an empty, sinister void. And it's important that even though some have no room for Jesus, just as the man who had no room at the end, Jesus has made room for us all. Jesus is willing to take us all within Himself and to take all our pain and suffering into His body. It seems to me like as we come to this final week, this final fourth Advent Sunday, as we approach Christmas Eve and Christmas, that now more than ever, we need to recapture the joy the joy that is evident in the birth of that child. The joy that is evident for that child was born not just to Mary and Joseph, not just to those shepherds, not just to those in the past ages who've lived before us, but that baby was born for us too. That baby. We need to reflect upon, we need to pray about, we need to worship, and most of all, we need to fill the world with joy and love because until we do, there will always be a void that allows evil. We must fill the void with Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. Only then will our doubts fade away. And then we will understand that Jesus' arms welcome us. Jesus is still walking among us, friends. He understands what it means to learn to walk. Amen.
Let us affirm our faith. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope. In life and death, in life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Let our ushers come forward as we offer our tithes and our offerings.
Will you stand?
May you always know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have a good week.